December 19th, 2016. That's Debatable Podcast. Social Issues, Part 1. Thank you for joining us. This is the That's Debatable podcast. Uh, it's just going to be me today. So, yeah, I know everyone's excited about that. Um, I think the topics, we're going to keep it pretty simple. This is going to be a two-part uh, episode, if you will. First part will be two social issues. Second part will be the other two social issues that have come about in the last... Uh, week or so um yeah of course we're not going to shy away from the uh joe mixon video as well as the uh, minnesota protest i think both of those issues are better served uh with a debate what we can get down to uh talking with some other people as opposed to just me so i'm saving those for when the 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 other clowns that uh i let on this on this piece when they're available. They both uh, had prior engagements for some reason. I don't know why they would be doing something other than this. This is the place to be, but they are, so we're going to save that, save those two things. What I'm going to talk about is the the Wake Forest coaching debacle or with the, uh, the ex-alumni giving away plays and information to opposition. And then uh, the USA Gymnastics accusations. Um, those are the two issues I'm going to talk about as kind of a lead-in to the other social issues that we have. So we'll get we'll start off with Wake Forest. So the background is there is a there's a alumni who was part of the training staff or coaching staff at Wake Forest for their football team and he was giving away plays and information from their playbook to opposition. Uh, it's been confirmed that Louisville and Virginia Tech both received information um, and admitted to receiving some. And so a couple things I want to talk to about that. First of all is... No one's figured out the why yet. Why someone who played football for the university uh, was a member of the coaching staff, now in the media associated with the university, what drove him to, you know, sell out his alma mater is something kind of ridiculous, just in general. Um, The other factors in here at play are were these other universities aware that he had access to this information and they were soliciting it from him? Were they engaging, saying, oh, you know, hey, you want to give us some plays? Was there any money changing hands? All these factors. The bottom line is it's it's very fishy. If we take it on the one hand where it's just the one guy doing it on his own, selling out his school, that is a disturbing 
I don't want to say trend because it hasn't happened kind of this, like people betraying is kind of, it's not looked at, I guess, necessarily the same now. So people always have reasons like, oh, you know, professional athlete changes teams for the money. Okay. There's, you know, the city feels betrayed. LeBron's jersey gets burned. Kevin Durant's jersey gets burned. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's kind of the end of it. So this is this is beyond that, where somebody is he's not being he's not chasing money or any sort of lucrative action. It's just a loyalty thing. Just a quick money, I guess, possibility where he's just going out on a limb and doing something that is unethical. Um there's really other there's really no way to put that. Um, other than I'm very happy that they caught the guy and almost assuredly he will never work in sports again. Just a, a huge character flaw from that guy. Um, an interesting thing on this issue is more the other way is that the the other schools, Virginia Tech and Louisville, were fined for accepting the information from this guy. Um, on one hand, is it is it wrong for a team to accept any advantage that they can glean when they're not being proactive about it? If somebody just drops off an advantage at your doorstep, is it wrong for them to accept it? Can you find them for accepting the information? Is that is that reasonable? Should those schools, when the when the information came to them, should they have said, "Hey, appreciate it. We're gonna win anyway. We don't need that." Or because they're in the business of wins, we've seen how many coaches get fired from schools recently. Um, all over the place, country and or uh, college and professional coaches losing their jobs for not winning enough, and here you have coaches being penalized for doing what they need to do to win. I'm not saying that's correct. If I'm a coach, I am going to not accept the plays. I will just. Oh yeah, okay, cool, thanks. And trash can. You know. That that to me eliminates that's beyond the scope of the game. It is a little like cheating. Like, oh, you knew the plays that was that was coming. It's like when you play Madden. If you're playing Madden with somebody and you screen look and you see, oh, so and so's running doing a running play like this, and you choose the exact best play to stop that. That's that's a low. It's a little shisty. Um, now, because they're not actively soliciting, going around to their opposition poaching uh, equipment managers and assistant coaches saying, hey, why don't you give me some plays? You know, that's it's a little bit different, but I still think a little bit low to accept uh, this false information or the not false information, the play calling information. It's a little bit on the low side. Um, 
at the end of the day, the, the victories happen. No wins are vacated. Nothing like that. Um, I don't think anyone views the opposition at fault, at least yet. The investigation's going to continue. If I was Wake Forest, I would continue to just hammer away at this because if if you can find out that other universities were more to blame than just a rogue uh, assistant coach alumni, then that that's in their best interest to get to the, the root, the cause, all factors involved. Um, so yeah, I think Wake Forest should continue to investigate it. Um, and that's, that's pretty much all there is about that one. It's just a this is really crappy that, you know, even you, you, you hear about situations like this in world of business. You have the Enron's insider trading, Martha Stewart insider trading, you know, people doing, doing everything that they can to, to get ahead unethically in these other business practices. And you, when you hear about it in sports, performance enhancing drugs you think uh oh, you know it's just you know it's it's not right there's still some people that here see okay you know i understand why this guy's doing it but on the things like you know the the black Sox in the early 1900s when they you know they threw all those games that you think what in the world are you like why are you even playing why are you involved in the sport if you are just going to throw it away for the other team? Why is this guy a coach if he's just going to give away plays to the opposition? And that makes sense. You know, he left the team when they had a head coaching change at Wake Forest, and then he went into radio. But still, it's sports radio. It's why was he ever a coach? Why did he? do any of that if he was just going to throw it all away. Um, I think hopefully Wake Forest figures out exactly what happened because that to me is, I think, very interesting. And the deeper that Wake Forest goes, the more that it will prevent future instances like this happening. Uh, Yeah, it's already been, the NFL had their issues where you have the Bounty Gate scandal and uh, the New England Patriots stealing play calls from the sideline, things like that. Um, Bounty Gate doesn't really apply. It's more the it's more the uh, the Patriots stealing signs and baseball teams, people stealing signs. And every time something happens, the more it gets punished, and it it, it takes away from future instances. I think this is one of those cases where if Wake Forest does their due diligence and gets all the information that it will really prevent uh, anything like this from happening again, at least in college football. All right. So now that I've said my piece on the Wake Forest issue, uh, the other issue I wanted to talk about is uh, the USA Gymnastics issue that has come to light recently. There have been... A total of 368 instances of reported abuse to USA Gymnastics in the last 20 years 
And now it's all coming out that they failed to take appropriate steps to ensure that these coaches were flagged so that they weren't able to get a future coaching gig. To me, this is a interesting situation here. Um, at the as a as an or, organization that's responsible for a sport throughout an entire country, they have an extreme amount of responsibility to protect the integrity of the sport as well as their own organization and for yeah they could have many gyms different ages uh different levels any sort of association where you have a gymnastics facility that has to register with usa gymnastics and therefore they want coaches that are also usa gymnastics certified they are then at that point accepting responsibility for at least the quality of the gym being up to the standards that they want to have and the coach being up to the standards that they deem fit. To me, this is just a lack of communication or appropriate communication and follow-up by um, combination the gyms and USA Gymnastics. Um, there is there is something interesting. Over the last 20 years, we've noticed that there's been a lot of instances of abuse that have not been reported and now are coming to light. I guess people are more ex- people have the courage, I guess, to come out and really push the issue. They know that it's not going to be brushed aside when there's uh, a social concern. I think um, at the time for some of these, based on just other scandals that have happened. Rep- abuses it it makes sense that it was kind of uh, you know i don't i don't you know there may be some sort of disbelief uh associated with it some some more trust towards the coaches and personal knowledge that way um whether or not the issues were reported to the police after usa gymnastics was informed and then the police were you know, on the side of the coach, not on the side of the coach, that's the wrong phrase, and they were just more apt to take the coach's word for it based on what happened in the situation. Um, I think just overall, it's the best way to describe this to me is that it's a it's a wake-up call. At this point, they can they can identify all the coaches still, and they can make sure that they are, you know, they can, if they if they really want to make sure that they get it right, they will go back and they will review all the instances, which is a lot. 368 is a lot. That's, this is a heavily substantial number. We're approaching, you know, almost, this is almost 20 instances a year. That is really high. So they have a lot of work to do. I think that's part of the problem is that 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 number, 368, is way high for it to just be silly things and take 
you know, they can't really take the coach's word on this. There's something going on here. 368. You know, okay, you know, one guy, one guy did it, you know, twice. You know, a girl, a girl does a back handspring and her hand slips on the mat a little bit. And as she's going, the coach, when he's helping her over, you know, he grabs her butt a little bit too much to help flip her over. And she interprets it the wrong way. Okay, that, you know, that happens once in 20 years, something like that. Safety concern, it's a little awkward. Somebody tells somebody, something like that. There's, there's, this is, this is almost 20 every year. You don't accidentally slip and, and grab cheek 20 times in a year. I know that's a poor example, but what I'm saying is it's, this number proves or is, is enough to say that you can most likely attribute it to not by chance. To me, it seems like this is a number that is not by chance number. This is, this is a number that is there because you have some shady characters doing shady things. Um, so what I would hope USA Gymnastics goes through these instances and figures out, okay, this is, there. something actually happened on this one. Something didn't happen on this one. These are the coaches that are involved, and they were involved, so now you're out. No more certification. Um, whether or not they can, they pursue charges, I don't think it's the responsibility of the gymnastics association to press charges towards any of the coaches i think that if they let the the uh, victims know okay we've identified this we apologize or whatever this is you know then the victims can pursue some sort of legal action if they choose and whether or not the organization as a whole decides to support these legal instances as a way of clearing their name as a whole second issue but i think they need to go back in and make sure that they go over each case again and figure out what happened uh there is the issue with time now that some of these it's been a long time since then most likely i think from from the issues i read the victims were in their teens when this happened so they knew what was going on and there's not going to be that situation. I think the the kids knew exactly what was up, knew that the instances were inappropriate and were right to tell other people and go up the chain of command for, you know, to report it. Um, I think for all organizations that are far-reaching like this, there needs to be an established line of communication in terms of a, if you have an issue of abuse, these are the steps you you take. One, you report to uh, the head of the gym. Head of the gym reports to the organization. The head of the the organization um, reviews. Simultaneously, head of the gym needs to notify local authorities. I think it's too much to ask the organization as a whole to be the one notifying any sort of police in the area. I think it would be better served 
and there would be quicker response in terms of investigation if the where the occurrence happened if they're notifying the organization and that they are also notifying the authorities because the authorities will be informed much quicker they won't have to you know do a long phone tag like okay we're telling you and you're way over here then you're gonna tell the police out here and back and forth like that i think it should be that should be established within the organization that these are the this is the method that we want to use in order to get to the bottom of it. Whether or not they want to do it the way that I've just described is a whole different issue. I think that the main thing is that when you have issues, you need to have a plan on how you deal with the issues. People you can't walk around thinking everything's going to be peachy keen all the time or fly by the seat of your pants when an issue comes up established method for problem resolution is what i think was really lacking in order to have 368 cases in 20 years go unresolved um It'll be interesting to see when when they go through the end of this how many were by the same coach at different gyms because that was the case put out that, oh, some of these coaches got jobs again. Um, I'd like to know how many of these coaches got jobs again, how many times they've been implicated in doing something inappropriate. Um, the full extent, I think, that this is just coming about the more that it steamrolls uh, the more that we'll find out. I do think that, unfortunately for the issue, having been after the Olympics now and the next Olympics is not for a long period of time, the issue will suffer a little bit from uh, for lack of a better term at this point, I'll say attention. Um, at the time when the Olympics are going on, everyone is into gymnastics. Everyone is into swimming. Everyone cares about track and field. When the Olympics are not on, the general public and their opinion towards those particular Olympic sports noticeably fades away. No one's talking about like, hey, let's turn on the Big Ten Network and watch uh, Big Ten Gymnastics Championships. No, it's on the Big Ten Network that you have to have a subscription for. It's not even on ESPN2, you know. They'll show darts and uh, pool, but they won't show, you know, collegiate gymnastics or collegiate swimming or any of these other things in order to perpetuate uh, some of that. You do see some track. There's not a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that the issue is this is not the last that we've heard about this issue um, moving forward. I do think that going into next week. We're wrapping up right now. Going into next week, uh, I will mention these things to just at the at the intro to get a quick word from uh, the Goonies when they decide to join, um, and then we're gonna head into those two major issues: the uh, the mix and running back who the video was just released of him punching a female, and 
Yeah, that's bad. And then also the uh, University of Minnesota football team boycotting for a period and then coming out. I think that entire issue, how it was handled by the university and by law enforcement altogether, when you read some of the details that are out now, which, like I said, we'll talk about, um, definitely should have been handled differently. So that's what we're going to get into. And then maybe something lighter, we'll talk about how there's been a slew of uh, college football players, notably the two running backs, um, that have said that they will not play in their university's bowl game in a in an effort to make sure that they're healthy before their combine, their pro days, and their draft. Uh, so those are something that we can mention really quick uh, there. But it's going to be another intense episode next week. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we look forward to having you back next week. Inquiries, email us at that's debatable podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Debate Podcast.